0: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. coming up. It's a Wild Card Weekend Preview. Joining me here in just a couple of minutes will be Dalton Miller. He's the lead analyst for the Pro Football Network 365. We're going to break down all six games this Wild Card Weekend, and uh, I'll give you my predictions at the end of the podcast on how I see the entire playoffs uh, unfolding here. Uh, We're also going to dip into the latest news about the Birds. Jalen Hurts, his recovery from injury, and a couple other injuries that look like they might be healing up in time for guys to get back on the field. And uh, how are you feeling about who you want to see in the divisional round Uh, we did a quick poll and we'll give you the results of that coming up here in the next few minutes of Eye on the Enemy as well. Just a reminder, folks, to check out all of the great podcasts we have for you at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else it is you get your podcast. Tell your friends about the show and check out bleedinggreennation.com every day for my articles and the rest of the great work being done by the BGN staff. All right, let's jump into the playoffs. Getting started here this weekend, the wild card round. Of course, the Eagles not taking part in wildcard weekend, getting that number one bye, getting home field advantage throughout the playoffs and most importantly, getting that uh, week off between the end of the regular season and the divisional round. And we are seeing I think that come into play in a big, big way with Jalen Hurts. He did not pre- he did not participate in practice on Thursday. They are letting his shoulder heal, letting it rest up and hearing him talk about it after practice on Thursday. Sure sounds like it is something that's bothering him. It is an issue. Now you wonder too how much of it is trying to make whoever it is they believe they're going to play in the divisional round that it's that it's a bigger deal and that you know maybe he'll be limited maybe they will they they won't you know put out uh, all of the weapons at Jalen Hurts' disposal that he he might not be able to take the deep shots that he might he might not look to run and 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 maybe he'll come out and it'll be much closer to hundred percent than they're letting on. There is certainly no advantage in showing your future opponent, whoever it might be, that your quarterback is 100 percent healthy and he's, that he's ready to go, and that you got to be ready for everything. You know, there, there's no no issue with slow playing it a little bit here. But it certainly would make a whole lot of sense based on the injury and the history of other players having it that Jalen Hurts would continue to be sore, that it would con- that it would be something he continues to deal with. But there is no doubt he's going to play. Barring a setback, there is no doubt that he's going to play on Saturday or Sunday whenever it is the Eagles will play in the divisional round. And my guess is that they will open up the playbook and that we will see them running plays and we will see Jalen Hurts doing things. I mean, he will I imagine he'll try to be cautious when he can. He'll get down when he can. He might not lower that shoulder down when you're in the middle of the first quarter of a scoreless game to, to pick up an extra yard or two. But I wouldn't have any doubt if it's late in the fourth quarter and the Eagles are holding on to a slim lead, or they're trailing, and they've they got to get a first down, that he's not going to lower his head and plow his way for an extra yard or two if, it, if it's the difference between converting a third and short and not. I think we're going to see them open up the playbook, and you're going to see Jalen Hurts take off and run with the football. Again, get down when you can, bro. Get out of bounds when you can. And we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, but we're going to see him open things up. We're going to see the, the, the playbook unleashed because it's the playoffs. Now, he's got to play three more games this year at the most, two of them at home. It's, this, this is the best opportunity Jalen Hurts will probably ever have to get to a Super Bowl. When you look at the talent around him, when you look at how young he is, when you look at the state of quarterbacking and the state of the NFC, this is likely his best shot. And so despite what he said after practice on Thursday, the whole world knows he's hurting. Yeah, the, he probably is hurting. But I wouldn't also be surprised if they're not also playing some mind games a little bit here. Uh, we did see that Josh Sweat returned to practice on Thursday. Great, A great sign after he went off the field with a neck injury in the in the season uh, Was it the season finale? No, it was in the, the second to last game of the season. The, the loss to the Saints. Um, it looks like he is going to be back. Lane Johnson. Uh, working out with uh, with trainers uh, off to the side. But it looks like he is going to return, as he said he would, for the divisional round. So the Eagles will likely have all 11 of their offensive starters for the divisional round. They are likely to have at least 9 of their defensive starters, and potentially, with Josh Sweat coming back, 10 of their defensive starters. Avante Maddox looks like he'd be the only one who would not be in the starting lineup. The Eagles went 14-3. and they got home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They got the first round by. They are as healthy as you could ever wish a team to be at this stage of the season. So next season, next summer, when the Eagles training camps are light hitting, when they're infrequent practices, when they're tiptoeing their way into the start of the season, and everybody's wringing their hands about, oh, this is, these training camps are too soft. They're, they're too weak. Can we please all remember where we are right now, and understand that maybe Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff has a pretty good idea what they need to do in order to get their team ready for the regular season. Can we please put to bed next summer, when these training camps start, and everybody starts hooting and hollering about how nobody's hitting, how nobody's wearing pads, that maybe it's for the best. <laughs> maybe we know what we're talking about. Maybe, maybe they know what they're doing. I, I think it's a fair thing to, to point out. And to keep that in the back of our minds next summer. Now, it's also kind of interesting to look back at the schedule the Eagles played. And we knew at the start of the season that the Eagles, as well as the rest of the teams in the NFC East, would have the easiest schedules in the NFL. And I think that was borne out by the fact that all four teams avoided having a losing record. Three of the four teams in the NFC and the NFC East ended up making the playoffs. And the Washington Commanders just missed out, going 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one no one in the division had a losing record and that is largely because they did have they did end up having the easiest schedules in the NFL this year and as i was looking back at who they played and kind of judging where they where they finished the season here is my ranking of all of the teams the eagles played this year and bear in mind the other teams in the NFC east largely played the same teams The Cowboys were undoubtedly the most challenging opponent for the Eagles this year and the best overall team that they would play. I have the Lions at number two. And in week one, the Eagles built up a lead, but that Lions offense came back. And at the time, we were concerned about Jonathan Gannon's defense. And for good reason. You can't let a team like that come back and and scare you like that. But as we saw throughout the course of the season, the Lions offense was legit. And they they just barely missed out on the playoffs. I think if you put the Lions in the playoffs right now, I would have them ahead of the Vikings. I would have them ahead of the Giants. I would have them ahead of the Seahawks. I would only have them right now behind the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers. They're probably, at this very moment, now at the end of the season, the fourth best team in the NFC. And it's only because they had struggles in the middle of the season. They really didn't find their footing on defense until late in the season that the Lions missed out on the playoffs. But beating the beating the Packers in Green Bay, the final game of the season just was the icing on the cake of us and this this is a team that are going to be a chic pick to be a top 1 or 2 seed in the NFC next year. The Lions are going to win the NFC North in 2023. I have the Vikings as the third best team and of course, they're the number 3 seed but they're also a paper tiger with a negative run a negative point differential in the NFL this year. So that tells you this Vikings team, despite all the wins that they had, maybe not a great team, maybe more of a 500 team than anything else, but yet uh, they are probably the third best team the Eagles played this year. I have the Giants at number four, and the Giants don't really scare anybody, but I have the Giants as the fourth best team the Eagles played this season, followed by the Jaguars at number five. I have the Packers at six, and then you get into some teams that really were just kind of mediocre to okay. The Steelers at seven and the Commanders at number eight. And then after that, boy, it gets ugly fast. The Saints at number nine. The Saints were decent. But clearly the ninth best team I think the Eagles played this season, even though they lost to them. The Titans at 10, the Colts at 11, Cardinals at 12, Texans at 13, and the Bears at 14. And those four teams, Bears, Texans, Cardinals, Colts, are drafting one, two three and four in this year's draft. The Eagles played the teams with the four worst records in the NFL this year. So I will throw a bone to all the people who are complaining that the Eagles' strength of schedule was was easy, and that's the, that's the reason they ran up the record they did. That's why they're the number one seed. But I will also tell you this. There are maybe three good teams in the NFC. The Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers. The only one of the really good teams the Eagles didn't play was themselves, <laughs> right? They couldn't play themselves and the 49ers. It's the Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers. Those are the three great teams in the NFC. And no, they didn't play any juggernauts in the AFC. They didn't have to play the Bengals. They didn't have to play the Bills. They didn't have to play the Chiefs. And, you know, not many teams in the NFC had to play those teams, the Vikings did. The Vikings ended up winning that game, which is really incredible when you think about. It. That was one. Of, that was clearly the best game of the NFL season, by the way. If we all remember that Bills Vikings game, that was that was simply incredible. But no, the Eagles did not have to go and face a juggernaut outside of the conference. They'll make up for that next year. But they don't have to play an AFC team until the Super Bowl. So it's not like they're going to be facing all of these really rough opponents in the NFC playoffs. They've got to tackle whoever comes out of the divisional round, the weakest seed in the divisional round, whether that's the Seahawks, the Giants, uh, the Cowboys, or the Buccaneers. And then they'll probably have to play the Cowboys or 49ers in the NFC Championship game. That's going to be the, They're, they're going to be challenged in the divisional round, and they're certainly going to be challenged in the championship game. But the Eagles are no different than any of the other teams in the NFC this year in terms of their strength of schedule because the NFC was just a weaker vessel <laughs> this year. And that's just kind of the way it went. So I think, you know, we keep looking back at the 2022 season. As we jump ahead to the playoffs, we're now getting in playoff mode. But, you know, just to take a second to take a look back at the 22 season and enjoy it because I don't think there was a signature game. I don't know that there was a signature moment from 2022. Maybe the Vikings game in Week 2 kind of let you know that this team was for real. Uh, certainly when they, when they pantsed the Titans and the Giants – and they beat uh, Aaron Rodgers before Rodgers, Rodgers got hurt in the, the Monday night game against Green Bay. Those were maybe signature games, but there's no, there's no classic from this year that you look back on. And you think, wow, what, what a memory. They're going to have to make those memories in the playoffs, but that's okay. That's okay. I think the, the Eagles' regular season is certainly one to be remembered, even if it's not one I think that fans will look back on a, a, a over the years and, and think about all the memorable moments from 2022. The, this Eagles team just took care of business in 2022 so much so that they could afford to lose those two games at the end of the season and still wrap up the number one seed and home field advantage throughout the playoffs against the Giants backups in week 18 that's the luxury they afforded themselves by being the best team in the NFL for most of the season and no they're not playing that way right now and there's still some still some uncertainty about Jalen Hurts and what he's going to do how his shoulder is going to respond but I think you have to like the chances, and they built up that cushion for themselves by playing so overwhelmingly well in the, in the regular season here in 2022. All right, let's step away and take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk to the lead football analyst for Pro Football Network 365, Dalton Miller. We're going to break down all six games of Wild Card Weekend, and we'll get his thoughts on the Eagles as they enter the postseason. We'll do that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. This is the best time of year for football fans. We are just chock full of playoff games this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and a game on Monday night. Six wild card games, and of course, Eagles fans get to just sit back, kick their feet up, and watch other teams go through the battle. Of course, we have Kansas City fans get to do the same thing, but uh, we don't care about the Kansas City fans. We're going to watch these uh, three NFC games and these, six, uh, these three AFC games take place this weekend. And joining me to help break it all down is Dalton Miller. He's the lead football analyst for Pro Football Network 365. You follow him on Twitter at Dalton B. Miller. Dalton, welcome back to Eye on the Enemy, man. How are you?
2: I am doing well um, outside of some technical difficulties, which we can always overcome somehow. Um, I am I am doing just fine. Uh, and I'm excited for this weekend. You know, we have a, a couple of games that look like they might be, you know, sort of duds um, because of injuries. But that's just, you know kind of how the NFL goes the the playoffs especially are are very much about how healthy you are um and injury luck it plays a big part in you know eventually winning a Super Bowl
1: well eagles fans are acutely aware of that right now because we're we're a little nervous about the Jalen Hurts situation And we'll just talk about the eagles real quick before we jump into these six games because he played last week against the giants he clearly wasn't a hundred percent, but looked like he was doing okay out there throwing the football. Of course, we did not see them game plan with him as a runner. Uh, he didn't take off, and that's a big aspect of their game, especially uh, down inside the red zone. And you know the offense looked good though between the twenties, and and I think you Eagles fans are counting on the fact that even if he's not a hundred percent. 100% of the playbook uh, will be open again and um, you know that they'll see the old Jalen Hurts back. But given how the Eagles finished the last month of the season with a sloppy win against the, the Chicago Bears, two losses with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, and then uh, struggling a little bit with a, a clearly limited Hurts against Giants backup players, Eagles fans are confident but not feeling as good as they were a month ago. What is your take on where the Eagles are right now as the number one seed getting able to able to sit this this weekend out?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was it was absolutely crucial for them to get this one seed. They needed it. Uh, They obviously needed to uh, get a little help with uh, with uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Yes, Jalen Hurts uh, shoulder injury. It's a it's a tough battle because they needed him to play. They needed to win that football game. Um, and honestly having to sit for four or five weeks and then coming back and playing a football game wouldn't have been very fun, uh, a very fun proposition either for Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. So getting him in and getting him playing, um, especially passing the football, um, seeing how that shoulder works out, it was a good call. Um, they needed to win that game. They ended up winning it and that's great, but they do need the entire playbook to be open, uh, for them to have success offensively. And they're going to be able to do that. Um, Hertz is one of, if not the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. And that is a huge part of their offense. And he's also a warrior. I mean, we've seen it dating back to his time at Alabama. He is a, a tough guy. He's a strong kid. Um, and I think getting this week off and getting that shoulder healed up even more was, was crucial for them.
1: Are the Eagles as they are right now, the favorites in the NFC in your mind? Or would you give it, or or would I I think the other team people consider to be the the co favorites would be San Francisco?
2: Yeah, I I think that San Francisco is the best team in the NFL right now. Um, Not even just in the NFC. Um, Just the way that they played over the past 10, 11 weeks has been ridiculous. And I I keep waiting for the the wheels to fall off the Brock Purdy uh, wagon. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Um, I, I don't know if it's. We we talk sometimes about Kyle Shanahan and, and building a, a QB proof offense. Well, there's obvious extents to that, but you have to be able to play at a, a certain level to, to be successful in that offense. But that is an offense that is built to find success with very little coming from your quarterback. And that's why no matter how well uh, Jimmy Garoppolo played, no matter how great the production was, he's never been looked at as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And for good reason, it's because he has a a group of players beside him that can run for seven to to 10 yards every single time they catch the football over the middle. Um, And that offense is able to gain yards out of nowhere. So um, Brock Purdy is doing just that. And he also brings a little bit more with his legs, you know, from a playmaking standpoint than even Jimmy Garoppolo was ever able to do. So there's an added element to that. They could be unbeatable really. if, If Trey Lance comes back healthy, um next season and is a a better player a better passer um than he was you know coming out of of North Dakota State and and now um you know with the broken ankle um but I I think that San Francisco with the way that they're structured how good that defense is I think that they have to be the favorite until we see uh Brock Purdy play a little bit worse than he is right now
1: yeah, his, his play has really been eye-opening. I mean, no, people thought the, the 49ers season was going to go down the tubes when... Yep. And, and nobody loves Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. I mean, people were looking for, for him to get traded, and certainly the, the 49ers were not looking at Jimmy Garoppolo as, as their answer at quarterback. But when he went down, pe- I know everybody thought that the 49ers season was likely going to collapse in on itself, and that obviously speaks to Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff, but also to the work of Brock Purdy. I mean, yep. it, it's... It seems like this kid does have something and all the articles you read about him is that he's worked himself. He's worked really hard to become uh, the the NFL quarterback that he, he looks like he's proven to be right now. And he's going to make it, make it a tough decision. I think for the 49ers, if he takes them on a deep playoff run, whether or not you go back to Trey Lance or, or whether you stick with a guy like Brock Purdy, who is also young. And so the 49ers come into this game as 10 point favorites against the Seahawks. Uh, they've already beaten Seattle twice this year. I know a lot of people talk about, well, it's really hard to beat a team three times in the same season. And just FYI, the numbers don't bear that out. Yep. Since 1970, it's happened 23 times. The sweeping team is 14 and nine. And from 1994, it's actually become even more of an advantage for the sweeping teams. The team going for the three te- the three game sweep has won 10 out of 15 times since 1994. So for for people looking at that as a potential angle for Seattle to somehow score the upset here. I don't think history, especially recent history, bears that out.
2: No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, and I was hoping that you were going to bring up that stat because I did not have it in front of me, but I had seen that. Um, it is really not that hard to beat a team three times when you're just clearly the better football team. And that's what we're seeing with the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks kind of stumbled their way into the playoffs. They were playing well. It looked like they were going to be a shoe in for, for the playoffs in the NFC. And then they didn't start to they, they started playing poorly. Um the, the defense is inconsistent. Um and as well as um as well as they have seen um from their offense for most of the season, it, it, it's tough when Tyler Lockett goes down with the you know the thumb injury and then the lower body injury as well. They they really need that efficiency passing. And without him being fully healthy, it's just really hard to accomplish that.
1: So you're taking the C- I mean, you're taking the Seahawks, C- you're taking the 49ers in this one, I would imagine.
2: Yes, I'm definitely to taking, win. I'm definitely taking the 49ers in this game. <laughs> okay. um, and I don't yeah. think it'll be particularly close. Although I do think the Geno will, will show and, and kind of prove that he is a quarterback um, for an NFL franchise moving forward.
1: Yeah, what a season for him, 32 years Amazing. old to have a, 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 an out-of-nowhere season. Uh, that'll be the first game of the weekend, Saturday, 4.30 Eastern time. Let's move on to Saturday night, 8.15 Eastern time. The Chargers are one-point favorites heading into Jacksonville against the Doug Peterson-led Jaguars. What a late-season run by Doug Peterson. This is just what he does, man. He, 2018, 2019, Eagles team started slow. Peterson gets that team on a late season run and they make the playoffs and they do it here with Trevor Lawrence, who is as talented as any of those young quarterbacks in the AFC just doesn't have the experience that Herbert and Burrow and Mahomes and Allen have at this point in their careers. But uh, the Jaguars are the home team and they are home underdogs. Again, something Doug Peterson familiar with from 2017. How do you see this one shaking out?
2: I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, I I love Doug Peterson. I always have. Um, I was kind of yeah. surprised when the Eagles ended up firing him multiple years ago. Now, um, yep. it's obviously worked out decently enough for them. Um, but I think he's one of the best five to seven play callers in the NFL. And I think that when he finally like when he really gets the feel for what a defense is trying to do against him, I, I feel like he adjusts incredibly well. Um, and he has that offense really humming between the 20s. They've been one of the better offenses in the entire NFL this year and just had a lot of issues in the red zone. Trevor Lawrence was going through some growing pains early in the season, throwing some bad interceptions. They were turning the ball over. Sometimes Doug can get cute um, with some of his trick Mm play concepts, especially in the red zone. Um, But I do think that they are the better team right now than the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers just rely way too much on Justin Herbert bailing them out. Uh, Mike Williams is a fantastic receiver, but he's not one to really separate. Um, he's not particularly quick or fast. Um, Keenan Allen is kind of a shell of himself at this point. He's still fantastic in zone coverage. Um, but he's having a lot of trouble separating in man, and they don't have anybody else other than those two guys. And obviously Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield, they can't really run the football. Their defense is very hit or miss. They really need that pass rush to get home or else they struggle in coverage. Um, I I just think that the Jaguars are a better football team right now.
1: Yeah, I mean Herbert's great and usually when you look at a quarterback matchup like this you want to take the guy who's maybe a little bit more experienced but the talent level between Herbert and Lawrence it's really tough to say which one of these guys is more talented yeah. and they are getting Lawrence clearly having to live under urban Meyer last year, everybody forgot about how good he was because there was no way he could be successful under urban Meyer last season. And you bring maybe the best coach you could have possibly imagined for a guy like Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson aboard. And then Brandon Staley, you know, with the way he, he kept his starters in the game last, last week. And the the chargers just have historically underachieved. I agree with you. I think the Jaguars win this game uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Let's look at the early game on Sunday afternoon, one o'clock. The Dolphins at the Bills. Bills favored by ten and a half in this one. Of course, you mentioned uh, injuries are an issue in the playoffs. Sometimes a, a team enters the postseason with bad injury luck. That certainly is the case for My- for Miami with their quarterback situation. And the Bills are riding an emotional high right now uh, with uh, with the uh, uh, with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Damar Hamlin uh, and and his recovery. And obviously, they are going to be motivated. They were motivated anyway, but now you have that extra emotional push uh from from Hamlin's recovery and you know that no longer has to conserve has to serve as a negative distraction for them they 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 have they have the the knowledge he's going to be all right and they can kind of move forward and and win it for Damar and all that so uh I this uh, this to me looks like the easiest game of the weekend to to predict here but what do you think
2: yeah uh Damar Hamlin is going to come out on the field most likely before the game they're going to introduce him um and then the Bills are going to go on to win by forty. I mean, it's this might be a bloodbath when when you pair <laughs> when you pair the Hamlin injury recovery and and him possibly being able to be out on the field for this football game, and then pair that with how they went out in the playoffs last season, playing in the best football game I've ever watched played between them yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs last year. I, I can't imagine they don't come out and absolutely obliterate the to a tongue of I low, Dolphins. It's yeah, it's going to be bad.
1: I mean, there are X's and O's you can break down on all these games. And 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 certainly you could break down film on Dolphins versus Bills. But sometimes <laughs> these things are easy. <laughs> you know, there's, yep. there's just so much overwhelming, um, you know, the, the talent disparity, the, the quarterback being out from Miami. And then, of course, all that uh, emotional stuff. And the Dolphins having to play in, in cold weather, on the road, in Buffalo, that historically no matter what Miami team has had to go do that, they've had, they've struggled in in the postseason in order to make that work. So, um, I agree with you. Sunday afternoon looks like a, a, a Bill slaughter. Sunday afternoon four thirty. This is an interesting game. You've got the Giants in Minnesota to take on the Vikings. The Vikings are three point favorites here. People are poo pooing the Vikings, and I get it. They have that negative point differential uh, despite having uh, thirteen wins on the season. Or was it twelve? I think twelve or thirteen on their thirteen. Yeah with a negative point differential, so many wins undefeated in one score games this year. Uh, I know the Giants come in feeling pretty good about themselves uh, despite the loss against the Eagles, you know, their second and third stringers played pretty well and uh, after getting destroyed by the Eagles uh, with about 4 weeks left in the season, they went on a nice little run and uh, they they are co- they are well coached. Brian Dable is a good coach and people looking for upsets are pointing to this game as an upset here because you look at this Vikings team and it just screams paper tiger at you. But the Vikings are at home. They've got Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. And I think if you look at these two teams and you look at their rosters, the Vikings are the more talented team here. So how do you see this one shaking out on Sunday afternoon?
2: You know, you you summarized it very well. Um, I I think that this is kind of the Spider-Man meme game. Uh, I, I think that they're both kind of the same team. I think that they're both teams. And obviously... With Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, you have that established one-two punch. Uh, TJ Hawkinson has been a little bit inconsistent, but has been productive for the Minnesota Vikings since coming over from Detroit. Um, They have the better weapons. They have Dalvin Cook as well. But that that offense hasn't been as good statistically as the New York Giants offense has been this season. And we saw it came down to a field goal at the end of the game a Greg Joseph field goal to, to beat the giants in that first game. And that's just kind of the way that the Minnesota Vikings play football this year. Um, it's been one score wins and blowout losses. And I think that that's going to be another one of those, you know, tight one score games that they end up inking out at the end. Um, but I, I think it just comes down to, they have a little bit more experience The giants have not been a very good football fr- team over the past five years. Them and the New York Jets have been the two most losing teams in the NFL. Um, I think that Brian Dable is fantastic. I think Kafka is one of the better offensive coordinators in the NFL at this point. There's a reason he's getting head coaching interviews right now. Um, But I do think having, honestly, just having Justin Jefferson to throw the ball up to in a big situation is going to be the difference in this game.
1: What do you make of Daniel Jones and, and the season he had? It, it looks like the Giants are going to have to hitch their wagon to him. And it sounds like they're more enthusiastic to do that now, certainly than they were in, in previous seasons, uh, when you consider they're going to pick too low in the first round to to go get a franchise quarterback. And, you know, are you going to go get a, a free agent or, or trade for somebody or just stick with Daniel Jones? Um, what kind of season did he have in in, in your mind? Is he is he worth? making the decision to say you're going to be our guy for the next three to four years
2: yeah it's it's such a tough one because they're looking at you know like 35 to 40 million dollars a year in guaranteed money if they franchise tag him um or hitching their wagon to him in, in a multi-year deal and i i think the best kind of scenario is to to give him you know two fully guaranteed years to start you know a, a four-year deal um and i don't know if he'll take that i mean there's so much money in the franchise tag at this point, if you don't give a ton of guaranteed money, it's, it's really tough to see them take that contract at this point, even though he hasn't really earned that elite status um, for a quarterback. It's just kind of the going rate for one. I I do think he's grown. I think that he's making better decisions. He's taking care of the ball better. I think having a good offensive play caller has been huge for him, but I think more than anything else, what we've seen from him and, and from the NFL as a whole this year is the evolution of the athletic quarterback and then the ability to get the ball on the ground and make a difference there. And I think that's where he's made the biggest difference this season. He's used his legs more than he ever has. And he has been a problem on the ground for opposing teams. And he could be that in the Minnesota Vikings game as well. He is uh, not Josh Allen. He'll never be Josh Allen, but he is playing like Josh Allen did while he was growing taking some of his lumps, you know, not being the best passer in the world, but he was growing and he can also use his legs as a weapon. And I I think that that's what they're going to hitch their wagon to over the next couple of seasons.
1: Well, I'm taking the Vikings to win uh, that game as well. But uh, the Giants have really had a remarkable season. Uh, Certainly nobody saw this coming. And and as Eagles fans, it's something to be concerned about (laughs) because Brian Dayball looks like he's got that team heading in the right direction. the
2: The scariest part about the Giants is their defense is nowhere near where it needs to be for Wink Martindale to run his defense. If they get a few more pieces in that secondary, we can really be talking about a team that can compete with Dallas and Philadelphia for the next couple of seasons.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Sunday night. Uh, the the last two games here we're going to talk about are both primetime games. You've got the Ravens taking on the Bengals, the Ravens in Cincinnati. Last I saw uh, Bengals uh, up, uh, favored six and a half points in this game, which given the fact that it doesn't look like uh, Lamar Jackson is going to play feels a little bit low to me. Um, I, You know, the Ravens are just one of those teams that are kind of boring to watch. And, and the Bengals s- sure seem to be, hitting their stride kind of like they did at this time last year. Joe Burrow on that offense looks they're very going to be very, very tough to stop, but this is a rivalry. These two teams play each other pretty tight most of the time. So um, how are the, how's this game looking to you?
2: Yeah, I, I think that that six and a half point spread is a, a little bit surprising because they're not going to have Lamar Jackson, but we did see them just play the Cincinnati Bengals quite close. Um, I, I think that, it's Baltimore, so they're going to try to run the ball a ton. They're going to try to keep the clock moving. They're going to try to keep this game close and then somehow win it at the end. That's really the only option that they have. Um, it, it looks like they might have to go with Anthony Brown once again um, because, oh, oh, why can't I think of their backup quarterback's name right now? Um, Tyler Huntley um, is apparently still yeah. not 100%. Um, he was limited in practice yesterday. Uh, so it might be another Anthony Brown game. And if it is, I just don't see how the the, the Ravens can win. Um, they're going to have to turn over Joe Burrow a couple of times. And their defense did a good job uh, against Cincinnati this past week. Um, they really kept things in front of them. And that's what they're going to have to do again. They're going to have to do that and get a couple of turnovers to win this football game somehow. And, and I just don't see how they're going to be able to have the firepower to do it.
1: And then the last game of the weekend, Monday Night Football. Uh, this is obviously the marquee matchup that, uh, that the TV broadcasters wanted, that the NFL wanted. They're putting it on in, in primetime on Monday night. You got the Cowboys in Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The Cowboys enter this game as two and a half point road favorites. And when you factor in home teams normally get three points, uh, NFL uh, odds makers, not NFL, but Vegas odds makers clearly thinking the Cowboys are about a. Five and a half points better uh, than the Buccaneers on on a neutral field here. So far, we've picked all five home teams to win in the wild card round. Dalton, do we make it six or are the Cowboys going to be the one road team to actually pull off a victory here in the wild card round?
2: Well, I can tell you, Cowboys fans are uh, not very happy about the Monday night matchup. Um, they didn't want it to be on Monday night. Now they have to sweat a, a whole nother day. Um, it's just that the Cowboys in playoff success that has continuously eluded them since the mid nineties and fans are very, very tired at this point. Now, when it comes down to the game, they're just, they're way better football team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, does that matter? Not really, not in the playoffs, (laughs) um, not for the Cowboys. Um, we we saw Dallas against a a defense that runs, you know, a, a similar, Um, type of defense to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington Commanders absolutely dominate the, the Dallas Cowboys offense. And that's something that Kellen Moore is going to have to figure out before this Monday night matchup. How are they going to figure this out? How are they going to beat a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that really completely dismantled this offense in week one? It was a pathetic performance Uh, from the Dallas Cowboys offense. And so I think that scares Cowboys fans um, just as much as this past week. Um, But when you look at the totality of the seasons, Tampa Bay's offense has not been very good. Their defense has been pretty good, but hit or miss at times. Um, I, I think it will all come down to how Mike Evans and how Tom Brady play. Because if Tom Brady hits just a couple of those downfield shots that he is absolutely going to take to Mike Evans, it's going to be tough for Dallas to win because I, I think what we saw in that Carolina game was was uh Tampa Bay really taking advantage of them not having JC Horn on the field. Yeah. I think Dallas's best chance is for uh them to shadow Mike Evans with Trayvon Diggs and then just hope mm-hmm. that uh Chris Godwin doesn't nickel and dime you to death. But I think that yeah. that's the best uh that's the best course of attack for them.
1: I haven't seen a lot of Tampa play this year. And you look at Tom Brady's numbers, his, he, I think he finished second in the NFL in passing yards the most passing yards he's ever had in a season and just 25 touchdown passes, which just seems strange to me that, that he would be, they'd be throwing the ball as much as they are because they can't run. It's the worst rushing offense in the NFL, but that they'd be throwing the ball so much. And he, like you mentioned, Godwin and Mike Evans, they, they have talented players o- on offense, but I, I know it's been a struggle for Tampa to, to play consistent offense this year. And I'm, I'm, is Tom Brady worse now this year than he was yes. last year? Like are our skills declining with Tom Brady, I think is what everybody wants to know.
2: Yes. And th- that's the, okay. the, 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 the scary part is what happened in Carolina is still possible. He can still go out there and be yeah. one of the top five yeah. quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. He was incredible that week, but what we've seen is him not play for 50 minutes. And then in the last 10 minutes of games, turn it on to try to have a game winning drive. And that's kind of how they've been winning games. They've been keeping it close with their, their defense, um, not scoring many points and then coming back and kind of winning at the end. Uh, that's how a lot of their games have gone this year. And that might be what happens again this week. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if the pass rush for the Cowboys is going to be able to get to Tom Brady consistently or not. Um but they're going to have to do everything that they can because I think when he wants to turn it on for a full 60 minutes, I think he still can.
1: Who are you picking in this one?
2: I am picking Dallas. Um, at the end of the day, I do just think that they are the the better football team. Um, ask me next week uh, if they're going to win a football <laughs> game and I will probably tell you no. Um, okay. But I, I do think that they're going to come out of Tampa Bay with a win.
1: I'm taking Tampa and I'm just using Dallas's recent playoff history and, and Dak, the unpredictability of Dak Prescott right now is, is something that is gotta be concerning for, for Cowboys fans. And I know he gets a lot of, he's been getting a lot of criticism, but he also has his, has his supporters. And, and Prescott is one of those guys who, when he's on, he is one of the best. And he seems to always be on when he's playing Philadelphia, that game mm-hmm. he played against the Eagles in Dallas, aside from the Josh Sweat play, which was really just a great. Play by sweat. I mean, great individual yeah. play. The rest of that game, he was perfect. I mean, they—they they, he was—he didn't make a single mistake in that game. And then he has games where you wonder what what in the world is is he doing. So you—it you, depends what Dak you're going to get and and what Tom you're going to get. It, it will be a fascinating matchup. Um, I'll take the bucket. I'm taking all six home teams and I didn't realize when I was making my picks that I had done that <laughs> I'd taken all six home teams, but that's the kind of the way it went down for, for me, according to your selections, the Eagles would then be playing Dallas in the divisional round. Um, our S we did an SSB SB nation poll this week asking Eagles fans what team they most wanted to play, uh, in the divisional round. The, the number seven seed Seahawks got the most votes at 38%. The giants were next at 27 the Bucks were third at twenty percent. The team that Eagles fans least wanted to see in the divisional round were the Cowboys at fifteen percent, which kind of surprised me. You know, I thought Eagles fans would be like, "Yeah, give me Dallas. I want to take Dallas." In the <laughs> no, divisional they, round.
2: they they talk a big game, but they're still smart. They're still intelligent yeah, no. fans. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not dumb. We're not. We're not stupid. Of all the four teams, which team would be the best matchup for the Eagles next week?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I just I think overall the Giants are the worst team out of the bunch. Um, I I think, I think Philadelphia beats them in a track meet. I I think Philadelphia beats them in a a close game, you know, a a defensive struggle if that happens. Um, I think Seattle is efficient enough on offense to move the ball. Um, and so I, I think that the giants would be the matchup for them.
1: All right, well, there you go. I, I said the same thing earlier in the podcast. I, I disagreed with our folks. I know the number seven seed. It sure sounds like I want the lowest seed possible, but I, I do think the Seahawks. I was looking at their numbers. and I was like, you know what? They're they're actually pretty decent across the board at at everything they don't excel at any one thing in particular but they're also not horrible except for run defense really at at anything um whereas the giants i think have more weaknesses that you can poke holes at and the eagles know the giants a little bit better as well so anyway should be a fascinating weekend of football make sure you read everything that's going on over at pro football network uh 365 uh check out dalton's work there by Getting on his Twitter machine at Dalton B. Miller. Follow him there and see all the good work uh, those guys are doing as they get ready for a busy, busy month here on the NFL calendar. Dalton, thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy. I appreciate it.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Well, we will finish off the podcast uh, with me giving you uh, the rest of my predictions uh, for the NFL playoffs. So as as you heard with Dalton, my wildcard picks are the 49ers over the Seahawks, the Vikings over the Giants the buccaneers over the cowboys which would mean that the eagles would play the buccaneers in the divisional round tom brady and the bucks i you know i'm torn as to whether i would rather see the bucks or cowboys in the divisional round um Tom Brady still does scare me a little bit. I'm not I'm not ashamed to say. And uh, clearly, uh, they beat the Eagles last year in the playoffs, so there's a little bit of, of that memory maybe clouding things. And then you look at the Cowboys. Again, Dak Prescott really does find a way to play well against the Eagles. That would certainly be their toughest matchup. Uh, but with the 49ers-Vikings-Buccaneers, uh, my prediction uh, would be that the Buccaneers would be coming to Philadelphia next weekend. And then I have the Jags over the Chargers, the Bills over the Dolphins, and the Bengals over. Over the Ravens in the divisional round. That means that the Eagles would play Tampa Bay and I have the Eagles beating the Buccaneers and I would have the 49ers easily handling the Vikings at home on the AFC side. It would be the Chiefs against the Jaguars and I would take the Chiefs over Jacksonville and then I would take in what would be the toughest one to pick uh, the Bills over the Bengals. That would be a toss up for me. I do think, you know, the Bills at home with all that emotional stuff we just talked about, um, you'd have to think that they would be the favorite over Cincinnati. But the Bengals, again, with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow might be the scariest quarterback in the NFL right now. No doubt. I mean, I mean, no kidding. I You could say Mahomes, you could say Allen, but uh, Joe Burrow is as good as either of those guys, and we already saw him beat the Chiefs. In the AFC playoffs last year, would he do the same to the Bills? I don't know. In the NFC Championship game, there would be the Eagles and the 49ers. I think if you asked most analysts which team they would pick to win this game right now, even in Philadelphia, most would pick the 49ers. I've got to see Brock Purdy, man. I I, I got to see him go on the road and win a playoff game, I think, before I would be able to pick him. But, of course, Jalen Hurts doesn't have a playoff win under his belt either. I, right now, and this is probably the homer in me, but I believe that what this Eagles team did through the first 14 games of the season is the real Eagles. And I think if they can get to the NFC Championship game, we'll have a better sense of Jalen Hurts and his shoulder and his ability to play through it. And that the Eagles are the better team when Jalen Hurts is healthy. I think the 49ers coming into Philadelphia the Eagles would win that game and I I can't I can't pick I can't pick against the Eagles right now after the season that they've had that would be that that would be just stupid of me. I'll take the Eagles over the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. In an AFC Championship game, this would be at a neutral site in Atlanta we found out this week. This game would be played in Atlanta, the Chiefs against the Bills. My heart wants to pick the Bills to finally get to the Super Bowl. My thinking is that it would be the Chiefs winning this game against Buffalo. Uh, I just, again, Buffalo struggles. Not struggles. They don't struggle. It would be a classic game. The Bills have played fantastic in the playoffs these last few years and uh, have lost some true heartbreakers preventing them from getting to the Super Bowl. I would still probably take the Chiefs over the Bills in this game, which would set up an Eagles over Chiefs Super Bowl. And I will hold off on giving you a Super Bowl prediction until we get to the week before the game. Because I got to say, if it's Eagles and Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I don't know who I'd pick to win that game right now. So I'm going to hold off on a Super Bowl prediction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chicken out on a Super Bowl prediction until we get a little bit closer. But I do anticipate the Eagles outlasting the NFC field by getting those two home playoff games. And we'll see who their opponent will be. First, we got to see who their opponent's going to be. In the divisional round of the playoffs, and after these six games are done, we will have that answer by the end of Monday night. We might have that answer by the end of the um, Seahawks game against the 49ers, although uh, I certainly doubt that will be the case. And we might have the answer at the end of the Giants-Vikings game. That's more likely that I think the Giants would end up uh, beating Minnesota, Uh, and I think a lot of Eagles fans are kind of pinning their hopes on it being New York to be their opening uh, their divisional round opponent folks that's going to do it for this edition of eye on the enemy my thanks to Dalton Miller once again for joining me here on the podcast everybody strap in for a fun weekend of NFL playoff action we'll be covering it for you on bleeding green nation and of course on all of our podcasts here at the bleeding green nation podcast feed and uh, stick with us for continued updates on Jalen Hurts's condition the injury situation and all of your Eagles news as we lead up to the birds getting back on the field next weekend against one of the four teams they could face off after this wild card round thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you next time here on i on the net b g n